Hello and welcome to the Lost Art Podcast. I'm Gar and I am here with... My name's Paul. That's him. Uh, this is day seven in the Big Brother house. This is day seven in the Big Brother house <laughs> and Chantel has put a wine bottle up a jacksie. <laughs> so cold. So bubbly. <laughs> God on me. God help us. Uh, so this week we are going to do a podcast about bands that have broken up. Um, they all broke up. People are like, what? Yeah. It's not a good idea. But. Apparently so. This is kind of interesting. No, what I mean is it's kind of interesting. We don't think. I'm pretty sure mine aren't getting back together. We have to make calls on this, I think. Yeah, I think we're going to have to give them odds. Yeah, on uh, on whether they're getting back together again. Well, tell you what, let's get straight into it. The reason, no, the reason as well is it, it might be interesting to hear about why he broke up as well, which is part of the podcast. It's it, it, it well, is. There's a million bands who broke up and got back together again. Of course, you know that's part and parcel. Money, 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 money. Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, there's a, pro- there's probably more to them um, um, in 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 popular music than there are bands who just knocked it on the head. I should say as well, <coughs> two of the biggest ones that you would think of aren't on this list because they feature prominently on so many of our podcasts. Yeah. That's ABBA and Smiths. Yeah. Like, I had Smiths on it as well, but then I realised that they were... And Manson, they're on a, another list that yeah. I had. And ABBA, ABBA have been on at least one and will be on many others. So yeah. we can just say that those are the two bands that... ABBA definitely won't. Smiths definitely are. Oh, I think they might actually, yeah. Cash money. Well, what's happening to Morrissey at the moment? 100%. Within the next five years, you are seeing... A fucking Smiths reunion. I'm putting. Well, I don't know. I wouldn't. I'm not as. I'm not as confident as you about the Smiths. I'd. I'd. I'd bet dollars to that it's going to happen. Abba makes. Abba might as well be releasing albums every day. Yeah. Because they're making money off their yeah. albums every day. They, yeah, they don't need to. And when you get old and have families, are like, yeah, fuck. Yeah. I thought we get up on stage like a big fucking girl anymore. Like again, they put so many songs out and so many albums out that they were so popular. Like I said, they can just sit back and watch royalty checks come in. Mm-hmm. They don't actually have to do it. What um, worries me about the Smiths is, though, he is doing very well, surely. Oh, he was. His new tour is not selling well. Yeah, whatsoever. well, is it because he's doing covers of things that no one's ever heard of? Well, people are going, he's only doing a couple of those. Um, and let's be honest, half of that album was good and half of it was not. Yeah, well, that's... Not the other much. album is, 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 is actual studio yeah. album. Um, the last good album he had was the, uh, not Low and High Skill, the... Uh, Leaders of the free world. No, that's uh, elbow. Ah, <laughs> oh, my brain. Free world peace options. The one that has fucking university stairs and all in it, whatever that's called. World peace is none of your business. Yeah, that's so, a fantastic. So you, just, just so you know, we're not admitting Abba and talking heads. Oh, fuck me. <laughs> so my first ones. Uh, you're you're up actually first, are you? No, you're going first. I'm first. It's talking heads. Yeah. Believe it or not. Yeah. It's talking heads. Um, I don't absolutely do not think they will ever go back together. No. Not in a million years. No. I think that is definitely the end. There's probably no point. There isn't any point. Uh, we're going to go through the reasons why. Yes. The song I've picked for the playlist, for this isn't really about the playlist so much as you yeah. know the bands. This is song, just a good example. The song I picked is there. This must be the place. I really like this song. Um, I do find a lot of talking heads quite difficult to listen to sometimes, yeah. but the early stuff goes so fast. Yeah. It's like, from the word go, it's like, Jesus now, obviously, they're one of the most influential bands of the late 70s and early 80s. They are one of, uh, genuinely in top f- top 10 influential bands of all yeah, time. Yeah, big time. In music, in, in, of all clips of music. Because they were weird. Including fucking Beethoven and the Beatles and <laughs> shit. Like, honestly, they're um, so odd. They're so bananas weird. Um, I don't think they'll get back together because they are very much so a protect our legacy yes. type of band. They are happy with everything that happened. They think that that was the end. Um 
you've got you're gonna you're gonna have to think about David Bourne is still super active. Yep. He's working with loads of people that he mm-hmm. wants to new artists, old artists. He does that thing where he goes, like we said in the other podcast, finds old albums like he found that William on EBR album from mm. Nigeria and he just loves finding these little niche albums that didn't do so well and puts them out on his label I think so um, he he doesn't I say he because I'll talk about David Bourne because the rest yeah. of the band I'm sorry we'll do it yeah. uh, and this will be a common thread you'll find the non-lead singers will want to do it more yes. or be more open to it in interviews yes. than the singer will yeah. because the singers are far more remarkable post exactly. band breakup yep. and that's just the way it is so David Bourne has said he doesn't mind the idea of reunions. Yeah. He likes in particular the Pixies ones because mm. he thinks that they are now getting to a a crowd that they didn't have the first time yes. around. Yes. Like they would have some bands just are ahead of their time, whatever like that, or else the crowd comes later when they've yeah. finished up. So the Pixies reunion makes sense. They're enjoying playing the songs to massive amounts of crowds. Mm. He did say he's not doing it. Yeah. It doesn't it, it would be nostalgic with no more talking heads music to bring to it. Um because he does talking head songs in his own That's songs that's well. what I was coming to. So that's that's the main reason it's not yeah, gonna happen. No He's point. doing talking heads with that voice yeah. with band members who people don't really look past him, you know what I mean? Anyway, like yeah, I, I, pro- probably better musicians than the originals. Yeah. Let's be honest. There's been there's been some bad blood in mm. the band. Uh Tina Weymouth said he is a man of incapable of returning friendship. That's fucking. <laughs> yeah. That's an aggressive statement. Yes. Well, it's not aggressive. It's it's true. It's hard, it's heartfelt and it's meant. You, you can you can smell it off him. Yeah. But that kind of when you hear it, you know when people say like, oh, "What's that guy like?" He's like this. If you hear a sentence like that, you're like, "Oh, yeah." He's that's a, that's he's a career a, ender, like mm. a friendship ender. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So talking heads. Talking heads. I'm not going to lie to you. Right? I don't like them as much as everyone loves them. No, I'm the same. I do like them though. A lot. I have time for talking heads and I would never turn them off. And I have been known to play talking heads from time to time. Yeah, However, a few they are bangers. not on my go to list. Like when I go through artists sometimes, when I want to start from the start. I find the early talking heads stuff very hard to listen to. It's so jangly and, and, and upbeat. And it's great and all if you're into that kind of thing. But I found I just wanted, for instance, Psycho Killer starts perfectly with that. Mm. Doom, doom. And it builds up. You can build up as fast as you want, but when I'm listening to their early albums, they are hitting it high tempo early, and it's mad jangly, and it can be quite difficult. It's not difficult to get into. I understand everything that's happening. Yeah. I'm not fucking thick, but it's just it's not really that all that for me. Talking heads, except I do like them. Yeah, but they wouldn't be one of my favorite bands. I'm with you. Uh, talking heads, chances of getting back together for you? Never say never. I'm gonna give it a. Three. I'd give it. I'd give it a four, four to five. Yeah, yeah. just because. Just like they've all st- never say never comes up in interviews a lot. Yeah, with the people we've been reading, talking heads getting back together. I don't think so. Very nah, no. low. Who's your next one? Uh, your first one. My first one. I pick one of my favorite bands of all time. Uh, a band that it makes me sad that I'm never going to get to experience uh, it. It in its purest form. In its original form. Do yeah, you mean? and it's a uh, Chromags. So are they rattling along in uh, in a? Chromags exists still to this day in two two different forms. That's less than Bowie M. Yeah, um, there's basically with Chromags you've got the the, the first album. Um, you got the first album uh, called The Age of Quarrel, and The Age of Quarrel is probably uh, probably is the wrong word. Definitely, 
definitely one of the most influential. <laughs> At least say definitely, but then he said one of the. You can hit definitely hard yeah. if you say one. Yeah. But if you say definitely the, you are yeah, pigeonholed to fuck. Up. Yeah. It's definitely one <laughs> oh. of the most influential heavy albums of all time. Um, but there was Shadow of Doubt. It, it influenced everything that came after it. Uh, it was a weird amalgamation of early 80s hardcore punk, which would have been coined in, in its infancy anyway, and like uh, thrash metal. Yeah. And what came out of it was this absolute fucking insane album that's perfect from start to finish. The Age of Quarrel, there is not not a wasted moment on it. It's so perfect, it's fucking disgraceful. It's so perfect that it's hard to look at, to listen to other heavy albums that have just been churned out. Like, it makes everything else sound You hear like loads of it yeah. It's, it's, every album after it has Age of Quarrel in it, right? Like, every band that's Turn the distortion button on their amplifiers. Because I always thought that they were just a straight up hardcore band, but then I listened to them and I was like, that's definitely trash. There's so much. It's just outrageous. So they formed in 1982. Not trash, but it's the yeah. beginnings of like. Um, they formed in 1982 in New York. And uh, the main guy who put it together is a guy called Harley Flanagan. And the story, the stories involved in weaving this Cro-Mags fucking tale is absolutely outrageous. So. <laughs> Harley Flanagan was like a, Jesus Christ, he's like a, an icon of the punk scene. He was the drummer in a band called the Stimulators. And Stimulators were, they weren't the biggest band in the world, but they were kind of famous because Harley was like fucking 12 or 13 years of age when he was the drummer in this band. He was a baby and he was touring all over Europe. Right? He is actually, this is a weird little tale. They played a gig in Ireland. They went to, I think it was Belfast. They were in a little European tour. They'd done a couple of gigs in England. They jumped over here, done a gig in Belfast, and that's where he first met skinheads. This would have been in, like, 1980, maybe? 1979, 1980? Um, probably 79, actually. And uh, it's where he first experienced skinheads, um, like the Trojan kind of ska and reggae and street punk kind of skinheads. He'd never seen it before. So off he went to the jacks, shaved his head, bought the denim jacket, the acid, like, bleach watch jeans, the whole thing, went back to New York, brought the skinhead movement with him. So he basically created the skinhead movement and oh. style in New York because he learned it here in Ireland when he was with Stimulators. So you cut forward a couple of years. Um, he wants to get this band together. And he has the name. He's going around with spray cans, writing crow mags on the side of walls, just a whole bang trying to get it together. Slowly but surely, pieces together this band, gets the singer in. They had an original singer doing a couple of demos with them and then kind of fucked off. Um, but they get in this guy called John Joseph. John Joseph is a, he's a AWOL from the, the Navy. Um, he changed his name. His father's from Belfast as well. Um, family moved here. Uh, a lot of uh, fucking Northern Irish links. Yeah, a lot of stuff going on. Uh, father moved here, moved to America when he was like 20 and ended up... Uh, Getting got some woman pregnant. I think she had two two sons, and then the father was a scumbag. He was a professional boxer, and he was battering the ma. And uh, the kids got taken off the mother and father and put into homes. So John Joseph and his brother were raised in foster homes and fucking uh, like uh, orphanages. In Belfast? Kind of no, this is in New York. Oh, right, right. Um, the father was just from Belfast originally. Right. So he's raised in orphanages and homes, and he joins the Navy. And while he's, uh, he's stationed somewhere, he goes to some uh, pub and hears Bad Brains. 
they're playing live there and changes in her life would though wouldn't it yeah around that, that year yeah not the reggae bad brains not the reggae but early backflipping HR fucking sonic assault punk rock hardcore fucking bad brains here's them loses his fucking mind decides to go AWOL from the army just runs off AWOL AWOL exactly sorry runs off so AWOL runs off and uh, moves to New York goes back to New York where he is living homeless selling fucking fake acid and drugs on the streets and I was going to show you meets up with Harley Harley says trying to get this punk rock band together would you like to join so this is where the fucking story essentially begins off they go they record this album The Age of Quarrel everything changes just absolutely fucking the biggest combination of all the, the heavy styles of music that were doing the rounds at, at this time uh, that's the beginning of the end it's it all turns to shy. The minute that album's done, they do a couple of uh, done a tour with Motorheads, uh, a couple of little small tours. Turns out, it depends on who you believe. Right, everybody in Crown Mags now and for the last like thirty years has fucking hated each other so much. They all despise each other. There's Something maybe two of them that got all the bad stuff happened. It, uh, John says that Harley was stealing the money. They were living on like one yogurt a day, was Whoa. was the way he was explaining it. The way their tour budget was set for this, they had like five to ten cents a day, and they were going in and buying all these like shitty fucking like literally one pot of yaplay, and that was their dinner until hopefully somebody at the venue gave them a bite of their sandwich. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> and their album was selling particularly well and was very famous, but they hadn't tuppence, they hadn't a penny to rub together. But it turns out that Harley had been taking all the money and fucking hiding it. He was keeping it all for himself. Well, watching them eat yogurts. Yeah, yeah. Not even your play. Your play not even. Would have been, been, been whatever Tesco value. Not, not even Muller. No, nothing like that. Way too fra- fucking fancy. We're talking like yellow pack KVI fucking yogurts is what we're talking. When about. they should have been on fromage fry. They should have been on the fucking frubs, lad. <laughs> should have had, should have had a sixteen pack of frubs in a cooler in their van. But a turns to show you, they each. all fucking hate, which, hate exactly each. Turns to show you, um, John leaves not too long after this first album was released. Uh, they had a second album written called Best Wishes but they hadn't recorded it so Harley thinks it'd be a fucking great idea if I go in I'll go in here now and I'll uh, I'll record this album and I'll do the vocals for this album so the songs themselves are fucking super but Harley's voice is just this Quite a low rent kind of James Heffield esque fucking yeah yeah fucking no, doesn't. But it was alright on the first album. But it wasn't Harley singing on the first album. It was John. Ah yeah, but sorry John you has said fucked that. off. Yeah, you said that. Yeah, right. So John's gone into the fucking ether. He's disappeared. Now over the years, they had money thrown at them by a lot of record labels. They actually got together. They put out uh, two more albums. They got the original lineup together. Put out two more albums. Both of them were fucking shocking. And when I say shocking, I mean shocking bad. Like fucking dire absolute just exercises in money making they are disgraceful like the band don't like talking about them that's how bad they are right? really they're fucking terrible they're on Spotify you can go listen to them uh, they're called, the first one's called Alpha Omega and the second one's called Near Death, Near Death Experience right <clears throat> now what you need to understand is that John the singer and Harley the bassist slash songwriter um, both of them were heavily involved in the Harry Krishna scene right they were Harry Krishnas Jesus I know I know so they were I'm blowing my mind about I know Comics. it's fucking mad that's even the second album has like the Krugava or whatever you call it like one of the big Harry Krishna gods on the front of it and all they were very very heavily involved in the Harry Krishna scene it does look like I won't say a bit of crack because that's a bit demeaning but it does look like 
I mean, if you were stuck. I think they used it as, because they came from the streets, they were kind of scumbags and homeless and drug dealers. The Hare Krishnas, the Hare Krishna temple was a place where all the homeless people used to go and get fed. Right? So That's you get cool. free food and you could stay there sometimes as well. Like the chance as well. Exactly. And uh, so I think they got involved in this because they were spending so much time there getting fed and clothed and washed. It just became a natural part of their life. Now, I, I don't these days. I don't think Harley is still involved in Harry Krishna. John definitely is. John is one hundred percent still involved in the Harry Krishna scene. But torn to show you, they're, those are they're one crowd. I don't give any shit to the Harrys. No, fucking killer field lad. Killer field, and they seem seem grand. They just like them little jingly bells and dancing around outside Easons. Every I felt bad for him in the first GTA game. Yeah, we'll give him them over. Yeah, ten points. Ten points to Harry Krishna or something. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that was about my level of experience with it. Because whenever I'm walking by and doing the chance, I'm like, that's, that does make me feel better. Yeah. Hurry, hurry, they're, so, they're so happy, though. They're too all happy. mad into it. Yeah, it's fake as happy. fuck. Um, yeah, maybe. I knew a Harry Krishna fella who was a landlord. A dirty, horrible ha- landlord as well. Um, mm. Which doesn't really fit with no. what they're meant to be doing. So 2001, they had a, they done a reunion. It lasted like a month before the lads started killing each other. Um, so there's currently two different versions. There is a... <laughs> two different versions of the Chromax so this year this year Harley Flanagan filed a, like a patent suit and he won the rights to the name Chromax right so he is touring as Chromax now and John Joseph has another band and they have to call themselves Chromax JM and the reason they call themselves JM is because John's version of the band has two original members it has John and it has Mackie right Mackie's the original drummer People will know Mackie. Mackie was in the Fun Loving Criminals. He was the drummer right. for the Fun Loving Criminals for oh, some right. reason. After Chromags, he went and done a lot. He joined Bad Brains, he joined Mad Ball, he joined a lot of kind of hardcore bands. I don't know how it happened, but he ended up in the Fun Loving Fucking Criminals for a while. Um, for the first album, anyway. So, uh, John has at least another member, but they are not the quote unquote official Chromags. Um, either is fucking Hardy's because it's only him and a load of blow-ins. So like the original lineup, what people want from Chromags has, hasn't really been replicated. Um, it's a fucking disgrace. Uh, in in uh, when was it? Was it about fucking five years ago? Something happened. This is all over the news. This is insane. Something happened where John and Harley were put in the same room. It was in Webster Hall in New York. There was a big uh, punk rock gig, big hardcore gig, and sick of it all. All these bands were playing. And uh, someone fucked up and put Harley and John in the same room. Now, these lads can't look at each other. They can't look at each other. And uh, there was four I'm already people. starting to see my my, uh, my percentage of these lads getting <laughs> back, back together. Um, it's hitting a lot. After they put them together in a room, I think there was four people stabbed. Um. Hardy pulled out a big joint knife, started stabbing people. He stabbed four people. I heard people. about that. Even I heard about that. Yeah. Um, he ended up getting stabbed in the leg, having to get 30 stitches up his thigh. Um, he was wheeled out of there in a full Hannibal Lecter cage with a mask on him because like, he was attacked, attacking paramedics. Now, Harley Flanagan is a, uh, is a Brazilian jiu-jitsu tutor. He's like a, what they call a professor of Brazilian jiu-jitsu. He teaches people jiu-jitsu. He's a proper double-hard martial artist. John Joseph is 50-odd years of age and does like two Ironman competitions a month. He's like fit as fuck. Um, he's one of these big kind of vegan warrior, you know, plant-fueled fucking thing. Written a lot of books and all this monarchy. So they're dealing with two lads like top of their physical game. And they put them in a room and there was lads just getting stabbed. It was like Wiley Coyote. 
like <laughs> fucking a big ball of smoke and there was lads fucking marking each other so it's it's never going to happen you yeah. are not going to see a Crown Mags reunion and it makes me incredibly sad sadder than almost any other band on my list but they are one of my favourite groups that album was one of my favourite albums of all time I had to pull it out of the bag. I know it's a little bit cheating because there's two versions of it doing the rounds, but uh, it's not the no, actual it's, band. If you, it's if not you, the if band. If you're telling me that's the ones you want to see, mm. and it's the original lineup, like what people want, yeah, you're not going to see the you're not going to see the original lineup. There's, no. there's, there's too too much bad bad blood between anybody. Right, what's your next one? Uh, Fugazi, <coughs> Fugazi, or Fugazi, whoever you want to pronounce Fugazi. it. Yeah. The Americans pronounce it Fugazi. They, they, they're probably wrong. It's Fugazi. It's Fugazi, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. I picked waiting room because it's a. Uh, I mean, it's an obvious choice for Fugazi. It's also, let's be honest, it's their best song. It's so good. Yeah. Um, obviously, they're a post-hardcore slash alternative rock yep. crossover. That's a fucking terrible label to give them already off the bat. But listen, it's what we do sometimes to yeah. talk to listeners. Fugazi tend to be more of a more of a movement than a band. Yeah, because they. this is the mad thing about them. They did sell millions mm-hmm. of albums as an independent band. Through their own fucking label. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah, yeah, that's incredible. Mm. But that's Ian McKay. Mm. That's his style. It always has been, hasn't it? I always wanted to keep control and keep it tight. I like that. Yeah, got people in to help them, like print the label or print yeah. the album covers and all that. All stuff the lads like in the bands would come in, and help them package it, and everything. Yeah. It was very much uh, kind of a. Uh, I know that was. Mo- I know that was minor trip. Was that Fugazi as well? Fugazi going to switch around yeah. just for just, all of our just listeners in case. Yeah, yeah. across the, across the pond. Same label. Everything. They are so influential now yeah. on the grunge scene. Mm. And alternative rock in the nineties, really. Jesus Christ, everyone. They were everyone one of the first uh, kind of minimalist band. So when they would play live, the tickets had to be super cheap. Fiverr, um, it was in the Fiverr account. And I think I read that they had envelopes with five dollars in them, so that because they hated slam dancing, hardcore dancing. Hmm. So if someone's getting kicked out, which they would want people to tell people to get kicked out, they'd hand them the envelope. Yeah, there's your money, money back, back in. But we told you not to fucking do that. They also had a thing about uh, lights. You can only have white lights. No flashing lights, no strobes, no really? effects, no colours. Just get a big white spotlight, point it at the stage, and that's us. No fucking effects, no nothing. Yeah. Just raw, straight to it. That sounds about right. They also let uh, everybody in the band kind of had a shot at singing as well. I wasn't just Ian. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Uh, they played... Uh, I'm trying to think if they played Dublin. I'm sure they did play Dublin. Their most famous Irish gig was in Kilkenny. They played uh, like the Town Hall in Kilkenny. And that's uh, one of those gigs if you're, if you're from down there and you went to it, it's super famous. And if you didn't, you'd say you did. It's one of those, exactly. Probably oh, 100 there, people yeah. at it and 700 people saying they were there. Oh, but there. this is one of the, the big famous Irish gigs that are talked about in hushed tones from corners. Uh, yeah, done, done a bunch of albums. Uh, 13 Songs is probably the most famous one. Yeah. Uh, Waiting Room was obviously the most famous song. It's the baseline. Uh, it's just, it's ridiculously good. Um, they do have other good songs, like Bulldog Front and all that, are great yeah. songs. There's some good stuff. Some of it's too artsy for me. I'm, I'm too simple for a lot of that music. <laughs> um, I, I still, to this day, I know it's the most obvious choice, but Waiting Room, it it, it's, it's their best song. Um, it, it's it's popular for a reason. It's fucking insane. It's it's so good. Um it, uh, he, what else like he McKay is actually one of the ones that says they're not broken up they're on hiatus yeah um, the rhythm section like the bass and the drummer have said yeah we would think about get, doing it again but we're not going to get up there and do old songs yeah they want it would have to be a right yeah because that's them as well yeah they're not going to there's so many bands in this that they are very true to their 
roots and nature of and, and, can you, you can't imagine anything involving these lads yeah. being from one of your nostalgia things two, two of the and lads they, have another band going they were just played here there a while ago I can't, for the life of me I can't remember what it's called yeah I think I remember you telling me that <laughs> I think it was last week they played um, they are doing the rounds at the moment with another little group just to kind of keep themselves occupied and happy um, and it's mad because they apparently according to all of them had been offered mental oh yeah, money by coach no coach LR like yeah. just to get that name mm. Coachella are going to give them money, mad money. And that's not up, that's not them. That's they not them. Absolutely well, don't give a fuck. What's even them. more fucked up is that they did play. Almost everyone there wouldn't know who they are. But that's what happens with Coachella all the time. Of course, they got Stone Roses back. Yeah. No one gave. No one gave. Can you remember Roger all those? What is a Stone? What? Yeah, who's this? And it's America as well. Exactly. So they're like, sorry, lost on them. No, uh, I do like that a, li- a little bit about Coachella, although it is like. They do just go for what's your situation? How much money do you need? It's kind of a bit weird. There's, there's one or two uh, kind of hardcore festivals in the states that I like that, and every year they have to coax some band out of retirement. Like it's yeah. just it's the gig. Yeah, you know they get Gorilla Biscuits back together or whatever. Yeah. You know one of them old old bands that are that are kind of famous. You know one of those legendary bands. Yeah, and they just I don't know how much money they have to throw at them because it's I mean it's a hardcore festival, so uh, it's probably held in a fucking park and lot somewhere. Yeah. But so yeah. percentages of Foucault getting back together I'd put, that, I'd put that at 30 to 40 percent yeah that's more than you gave Talking Heads oh but Talking Heads definitely not are you going backwards no, like one is definitely no I'd say there's a 30% chance you'll see them doing a gig but not okay. not for Coachella and not for fucking no they'll do that on their own time that's what I'm saying yeah, oh yeah absolutely now this is always asked of them and they always say never say never which is the usual thing um, there was a big thing with uh, Nike. Nike ripped them off uh, oh, a couple I of years ago. Something about that. They done uh, Nike skateboards or Nike street or something like that, and they replicated the cover of. Uh, it wasn't Fugazi. It was Minor Tre. They uh, ripped off the the cover. Were uh, sitting on the, the front steps with the head down. That's not a banjo that. Yeah, that is not a banjo that. I mean, I don't know whether what they would go to. <laughs> they do anything with court. It doesn't seem like them either. No. Yeah, I they just know. let it be known. They just let it be known this is not cool for a joint multinational corporation. I can't remember if they did anything like a little get together since they broke up. <coughs> I don't think they did. I don't think they did. And if they it did, uh, it would have been off their own back. Like I said, nobody, nobody's going to pay them. He's he's being very adamant about yeah. let it be known we can't be bought. It doesn't matter to him. It no. really doesn't. No. You can say that about him, okay? It really no doesn't. care. And I don't know what they're lads, but they probably wouldn't mind one of <laughs> little bump yeah. I don't know yeah, they're they're the tour. who knows be wrong about that who is your next one my next one is Sonic Youth and I picked a cool thing just as a cool little song yeah that's all uh, Sonic Youth's a fucking weird one Um, uh, coined it in the same vein as Fugazi they definitely have that that feel to them they're like an arty punky noisy type of very thing arty. going on very punky very noisy uh, fun- apparently very noisy yeah the gigs were apparently definitely yeah outrageous so um, they formed in 1981, and uh, Thurston Moore's singer, uh, Kim Gordon, Lee Ronaldo, and Steve Shelley were like the original, uh, original crew. Uh, signed on SST Records. Um, go back to Fugazi there. <laughs> um, so it's apparently so Thurston and Kim were married, like for years. Yeah. Right. So apparently in 2011... That's a, that's, 
that's a fucking spot on the works for bands getting back together. We'll, well, we'll, we'll touch on that soon. That's a long time. 1981. I don't know whether they were together in 1981, but I think it happened fairly early on. Um, so 1981 get together. 2011, they put the band on hiatus. Uh, because Thurston and Kim were breaking up. Now I don't know whether they got divorced or whether they just separated. I'm, I don't know what the crack is. So uh, you got to give the fleet with Mac for that kind of shit. Stay together. Not only stay together and play together. Write songs about each other. Yes. And get them to sing them. Yeah. Wow. Brutality. Oh. Yeah. Oh, that's how much Fleetwood Mac want money. Yeah, that's how hungry they are. They are a hungry yeah. bunch. She of must instead of born in sage, that bitch is born fucking hundred dollar notes. Like you know what I mean? Fuck a white witch. This. So Fleetwood Mac will never make it because they're obviously gonna I'll keep getting back together. Of course, I mean. forever. But yeah, uh, yeah. 2011, the band goes on hiatus, and everybody's hemming and hawing about it. Uh, for years, it goes on. Every time they're asked about it, they're like, no, we're just taking a break, we're just taking a break. But Kim uh, put a book out in 2015, which she confirmed the band broke up, which is done. Yeah, because yeah. a, a lot of them never said, we've broken up. Yeah, it's we just, just disappeared. Because that'll happen, yeah, hiatus will turn into, our little Christmas break will turn into oh, yeah. a year off, turn into a hiatus, turn Fuck into yeah. someone going, but no one's ever saying, oh, by the way, I'm never getting back into this. Yeah, yeah, they just leave it, just yeah. walk away. But that's, that's, pretty, that's pretty much all there is to it, the, the, the kind of power couple. In the band, uh, broke up, and that changed the dynamic. Nobody wanted to be around each other. They weren't getting on. Yeah, and um, they couldn't couldn't put it behind them. I think they wanted to keep playing, but they just two of them couldn't be in a room together. So they just decided, fuck it, let's let's just knock this in the head. And it was it was just it was only confirmed when Kim wrote a book and she used uh, used uh, the words broken up a couple of times in in go. the book, and that was the only way there was an official statement put out up about it and that was it but uh, yeah Sonic Youth uh, Kill Things Kill is a, is a great little song it is it's a savage little song Sonic Youth are a strange band I tried there's so many different types of yeah. songs that yeah. when I try and get into them I get apart from that album what's the album with the like kind of cartoony looking yeah. polka dot colour what now the little dot colour thing the, yeah, the, the uh, news, newspaper thing, yeah. yeah I like that yeah um, <coughs> they are a hard band for me to get into because I think you like, have to have been in art college in like 1983 it's so arty that's the thing it can, <laughs> yeah. it can kind of if like you said if you're not there at the time I'm trying to go back Locked. into that and I've, I've there's loads of Sonic Youth songs I really fucking like mm. I like that song that you 2 ripped off Dirty Boots or whatever mm. I like uh, what's that fucking deadly long song they have that was on I think it was on the Stigmata soundtrack as well actually some soundtrack they, they pumped a lot of stuff out no it was on the End of Days soundtrack I end think of days. With Arnie. Arnie, yeah, I, I saw it too. What <laughs> ah. end of day's film? Yeah, I it was on that. With weird gun. No, um, that was a racer. What? That was a racer. No, it was a weird gun and um, end of days. days as well. Yeah, a racer had the, like the eraser gun. Yeah, like Sonic gun. There was a weird gun and end of days. So. Sonic, you're uh, anyway, probably. That's not happening. Yeah, you reckon? Well, actually, you know what? Give them, give them ten years, maybe. I'm gonna give that five out of ten. Five out of ten. Fifty percent. I'm giving it fifty-fifty shot because they might just. Who knows? He's been spending an awful lot of money on that divorce. You know what I mean? Yeah. Sometimes you genuinely have to bite the bullet when it comes to money. I don't know what situations these bands are in. Yeah. It depends on what projects they pick next, if they're lucrative or not. If they're even doing it. If they just move into production. If, if production, you can get by on that and you don't want to ever speed up. You know what? I often thought years ago, would you not just fucking get together for the money or whatever like that? But then when you're in bands, and I'm not talking about me mm. fighting with someone in the band, when you see someone else in the band, two people that can't get along, and it's actually wrecking everyone's head. Oh, yeah, wrecks everything. Yeah. Bring everybody down. And it's actually one of the most stressful things you can go through. Of course. When you're trying to be creative yeah. and you're opening up a little bit and there's this shit going on, you get as angry as they are. And you, it, it becomes a fucking absolute mental health thing. Big you're time. like, this is 
Nothing's worth it. No. I'm going to get a job get me the fuck out in a petrol station and still feel better yeah. than this shit. Yeah. So, yeah, I've changed my mind on that kind of, just do it. No. Yeah. No, fuck the people. You have to look after yourself. Well, who's your next one? My next one is Cocteau Twins. Right. One of my favourite bands. They're on the 4AD label as well song. that we talked about. Pearly Dewdrops yeah. Drops is a fucking brilliant song. It's one of the more accessible ones by them. Yeah. Uh, still can't understand what Liz Fraser's saying. Never really can. But that's just her style. <laughs> she has that style of vocal. It's one of the most unique voices in music, I have to say. And uh, she's phenomenal. They're, they're, they had a huge, they're, they're kind of going along all right on 4AD and then they had Heaven in Las Vegas which was the breakthrough song mm. and that cherry coloured funk song is huge as well for them. But um, she was going out with, I think possibly married, to, no, in a relationship with uh, Robin Guthrie from the band and mm. that is, that's going to cause, poison. that's going to cause problems. So they broke up in 97. Mm. Now, the reunion, Coachella, Mm. They got them. Thrown at them. However, this is in 2005. They, she tried. She said, I can't. Really? Tried. Absolutely tried it. I went, like, she's a kid when I'm an all. Like, right. You know what I mean? They're, like, they're, she said, I can't do it. It's too hard. So whatever happened or whatever like that, she seems to be an incredibly, I won't say emotional person because mm. I think that can be used as a sort of derogatory term. But for instance, a quote from her would be, just to put it in context, better than I can. Mm. She said, I see music, making music, completely inseparable from my emotions. So whatever state she's in is what she's doing. Mm. So that's going to be, she can't do music unemotionally. Like she can't, tw- can't flick that switch and go, I'm going to do it. Like, they strike me as another band that wouldn't do it for money, but the fans and stuff like that. Because they are, they are another band that got even bigger after they broke up. Yeah. Just kept steamrolling. Because they are sort of like post-punk. Yeah dream got mm. post-punk dream got I don't know I, I, like again like, I have to put label we have to sort of label this for, enough, yeah. for sort of people that are kind of like what is it like to, will I better listen to this whatever yeah. like that um, she said she tried and literally couldn't do it um, she was massive mates with uh, Jeff Buckley really just an indie got so close friends with him on the year they died and that was 97 and that was also when the band broke up hmm. so I wondered that and Wonder does someone get a bit jealous? Maybe. Maybe. The husband, the fella get a bit... I don't know. Anyway, uh, chances of them doing it after they actually sign up to Coachella and cancelled it? Yeah. Low. I don't think it's going to happen. She, I saw her uh, this year with Massive Attack doing Teardrop. And uh, although I thought that the mixing of the sound at that gig in the Tree Arena sounded like horseshit, mm. she sounded great. She'll always sound great. And she'll always have an incredible presence on stage for someone that just stands still. Yeah. She's just brilliant. Uh, Cocktail Twins I would definitely recommend if you have to just the greatest it's is great mm. stars and topsoil give that a go and then break into other stuff if you want yeah if that does it for you yeah go another, another 4 AD project was uh, This Mortal Coil where they covered mm. Tim Buckley actually Jeff Buckley's dad mm. yeah chances of Cocktail Twins yeah, I'm going to put that at a 10%. I don't think that's going to yeah. happen. Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> because they tried. And, no, actually, you know what? If someone said they tried and then couldn't do it, nah, I don't think it's going to happen. No. She seems to be an incredibly private person. Does her own thing. Yeah, absolutely. It's one, these are the people that you can't really buy. Yeah. It's rare in music, man. It's pretty rare. But these, these are the people that we pick. when you can't buy them, you can't. You can't buy them, you can't really buy them. Yeah. So, yeah. Who's your next one? Rage Against the Machine. Yeah, I don't think they'll definitely because because again, like because of Cocktail Twins, because they tried hard and didn't. Yeah, they're not going to do that again. They tried 
and yeah. didn't. And a, f- a funny thing about Rage Against the Machine is, I know it's going to sound very fucking uh, selfish, but when those Twin Towers were coming down, t- 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 we were doing the podcast today yeah. as well on that day, uh, the first thing I thought was, imagine how good that Rage Against the Machine album was going to be. Yeah. Yeah. And it didn't. didn't do it. No. No, even Empire, wasn't it? All those people do it, and that's not even a good album. <coughs> it's yeah, it's a, no, it's it's okay. There's a couple of decent tracks on it. Force and Third for me, you know. Uh, second album's fine. Feels a bit rushed. So apparently, uh, well, the the form of the 1991, the debut album came out in 1992. Very it's quick. So it's so good. good. Yeah, all recorded live. Yeah, it's sonically outrageously good. Um, but content wise, no let up in it. It's just every song is perfect. Yeah, really um, is. Apparently, rumours of them breaking up started right after that first album. Um, started before, while they were recording the second album, rumours start floating around. So they're pretty quick about trying to get the, the second album out as quick as possible. But um, there was already talk of them breaking up. So uh, in the year 2000, Zach, the singer, rapper, he released a statement on his website. Yo. Yo. Check it out. Yeah. Uh, saying that he just he couldn't do it anymore. Uh, the band were very indecisive. They couldn't push forward any decisions. Uh, Morello then, he gave an interview a couple of years later, said they were, they were just killing each other over nothing. He yeah. said there was literally fist fights over like, merchandise designs and where to tour and what the set list was going to be. It was just, it was just outrageous. There was, yeah. they, they, they had such direction, but I think I thought before they broke up that they were one band that were all on the same page. Like, you would have thought absolutely it. You would have all thought on the same page because it came across that way. But there's one thing that lets me know in the years that happened after that they definitely weren't, and that is Audio's left. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's an interesting <laughs> story uh, where, where all that came from. So uh, Zach releases his statement saying he's leaving the band. Uh, the band wanted to stay together. They actually thought about just getting a new singer and then they decided let's not do that and apparently there was a period where uh, they were going to become Ozzy Osbourne's backing band so Jeez. Rage Against the Machine were just going to be Ozzy Osbourne's backing band see this is what I'm talking about that doesn't seem like a band that's on the same page no with no. Zach Tellerosh now it gets even funnier that didn't pan out so they were very close to becoming Macy Gray's backing band Macy Gray I try to walk I away I try to say yeah. goodbye and I choke yeah. They were very close. That's a, that's a Whopper home. debut yeah. from Macy. She very tried, close. She tried to buy a Hash in Ireland. Not even weird. Hash. Hash. <laughs> I heard a story about people going, she looked, she looked up her Hash. Really? Mad. She's a little pinner. And I, oh, this was on our, on our first case, she was playing the Olympia or something like that. Yeah. Someone asked, Macy Gray just asked me for a fucking Hash. <laughs> you sure it was her? I was like, it's bleeding Macy Gray. Yeah, for real. I can't miss her. Anyway, come on. Uh, yeah, so they almost became Macy Gray's back in band for a while as well. Uh, they put it out there and then Audio Slave happens and... Uh, I'm not a big audio slave fan. I don't, I don't, it doesn't make sense to me. I, I, I do think some of the songs are fantastic, but super groups, by their nature for me, yeah. have a bitter taste Dodgy. a little bit. And I don't believe... It, you have to sell me on a super group. Hard. You have to sell really me hard. Really fucking hard. Like, hard. Uh, because yeah. super groups, for me, mean one banger and a load of filler. Pretty much. And that is audio slave for uh, me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah, it just it didn't work out. The band couldn't get it together. Uh, I don't think there's ever really been rumblings even of a proper proper reunion they did didn't they they tried to do something a while ago was it Coachella yeah I think so this this podcast should be called Coachella's yeah. attempts at um, nostalgia 
But apparently, Zach went off and recorded a hip hop album that's never been released. That's right. I heard that. I was waiting for it. Was this yeah. supposed to be a thing? Yeah. I actually was really looking forward to that. Yeah. There's only been a few bits. He done the one with Run the Jewels. Uh, Run the Jewels. He's done one with DJ Shadow. Um, there's only been a couple of bits and pieces with his actual. No, uh, I think I think he has been doing poetry. Yes, yeah, but that's so, when I think what he wants to concentrate on. So that's um, when he can actually do his thing without uh, a band. Yeah, it doesn't. He can roll solo with it. Um, in terms of a proper get together, like a proper reunion, no, that's a that's a, no. a three out of ten. Because you know, you know, when you get these fucking interviews with bands that are, let's say Coachella gets them in, right? Mm. First question is, oh, what's it like about the Oh, it's good. Uh, talking about the old times. Second question is, you got any new material? Actually, you know what? We're thinking about, you know, we were playing around, we were doing rehearsals, doing a few things, and we were thinking, some of it is almost always bullshit. Yeah. And it was bullshit in this case. Well, there was, there was an interview with Morello who said that, said that they did get back together again, they wouldn't bother writing new stuff because he thinks that their, all their albums are still relevant to the way the world is. Well, he's not really wrong. He's not actually. wrong. No. He's not wrong in that regard. Not wrong at all. Um, but yeah, I just I wanted to get that one out there. That's because that's a big one. It is a big one, and I agree with it. And uh, that's a big one. All right. So what's your next one? My next one is Husker Do. I picked the song in terms of psychic warfare. Mm. Songs we're picking aren't massively important to this really. playlist. We're really talking about bands. Sometimes our playlist will yeah. do that. Uh, Husker Do. Jesus, there's an influential band. Yep. They're um, I'm gonna do my labels thing again. Started off as a hardcore band. Yep. Husker do a hardcore band yeah. moved on to sort of whatever they fucking wanted to do alt rock and a bit of yeah strange strange fucking band man yeah they definitely had uh, incarnations really didn't they yeah yeah I love that album seasons I love that album New Day Rising mm. and that's what this song is off there's a lot of Husker do stuff that's for me not really for me I think I think a lot of people <laughs> would say that a lot well. of it they're another it. absolute massive influence on the grunge scene yeah them and Fugazi, like, mm. Jesus Christ. Husker Dew are huge. Them and, like, Leatherface would be fucking big, big pushes in yeah. those scenes. Um, funny thing about uh, Husker Dew, Bob Mould. Yeah. <laughs> Bob Mould uh, was a writer for WWF and WCW for years. Wrote storylines for professional wrestling. Why do I feel like I didn't hear that before? Um yeah, he... Uh, He's a fucking talented dude. Yeah, he was uh, obsessed with wrestling from a very, very young age and uh, got involved in writing bits and pieces uh, for wrestling. And uh, he's he's done loads of stuff. He's, he's been in like Buffy the Vampire Slayer now. He's, he's got to be the most famous gay hardcore person. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a couple of big ones, but... Not that it fucking matters. I'm just going to find that interesting. He, he's fucking up there. like. But yeah, he got involved in professional wrestling. He wrote loads of storylines. Um, for the life of me, I can't remember what years he he done it or, or fucking how long he, he was doing so it So him and Billy Corgan have great crack together. I'd, I'd say so. Billy Corgan just buying fucking wrestling companies. There's another band who I would have put down on this list had they not gotten back together. Yeah, yeah. Smash yeah. Pumpkins. I was thinking um, about that myself. There's a lot of things that can rock a band. This this band are they were lots of addictions going on in Husker Do. When you start wrestling, dick, <laughs> like all the drugs, so much drugs, <laughs> <laughs> all the heroin, delicious brown. Mm. No, I don't know if they did heroin. Just, just, I'm just making it up. Um, the thing if the, the thing about addictions in bands, right? If one member has an addiction, they can all get together and sort it out. If they've all got different addictions, yeah. Jesus, I mean, can't, they can't even be on the same page. And, and if and if you're like if you're walking towards a gig and someone's fucking half arsing it, no, I'm not saying that's what. Ha- this is just an example of like that. 
that can rock a band. But what I think was the start of the end of Husker Do is their manager killed himself. Yeah. In 87, I think. 87. They broke up in 88 because uh, the drummer, Hart, was... Um, he was mad into his heroin, I think, as far as I well, know. Well, you have to think of somebody... You've got a load of different addicts in a band. And you get, um, you get to say, the coke addict. He's going to look down on the heroin addict. Oh, yeah. You know what it. I mean? It's or just a, a, a gargler as well. I think uh, yeah. the other two lads... No, sorry. Uh, Mould was big time gargler. Mm. I don't like fucking talking about people's fucking problems like that. But unfortunately, this is the episode where we do it. Oh, you do. I fucking love it. <laughs> this makes me feel better I about who I am. Um, they broke up, like I said, in 88. Mm. Uh, he released an album in 89 called Workbook Bob Mould, and it's so fucking good. Mm. That that's one of the reasons I think he when he can write when he can write a full album like that you think to yourself fuck he's not struggling in terms of yeah. songwriting without the band like that they did have a little thing in two thousand and five where Mould and the drummer Hart got back together and they did a benefit concert mm. for uh, your man from the the Soul Asylum guy uh, Muller who had he got hit by a runaway train full of cancer yeah how do you feel now that I've said that the cancer cancer locomotive. He, he dead now. He dead. Actually, I'm not entirely sure he did. I don't know. Um, apparently, some people were saying, like, it was a kind of frosty performance from the two of them. There's been a couple of the bands that we've mentioned have done little get-togethers. Ex- loads of them have. Just yeah. They'll get, not, not the full band, no, and not as themselves. No. Just, little you know, combos. together for something like yeah. that. Yeah. Now, Hart himself did die of cancer as well in yeah. 2017. And obviously, Bob Mole is great thing to say. You, you know what? That changes everything. Yeah. About feuds and stuff like that, but unfortunately, that puts a massive damper on Husker to ever do anything together again. Yeah. Um, he he said he said after that, I think he said after that gig, I want people to have enjoyed me playing with him for that gig in two thousand five. Mm. But there's absolutely no indication that we're ever going to play together again. Yeah. So something, some shit's gone on. Yeah, it's not going to happen. Yeah. And to this day, Husker do are not going to get back together. No. With another drummer, and they're not going to get. No. And your man, the other guy, oh, Jesus, I can't remember the bass's fucking name. I feel like a dickhead after the name of the other two. He has his own business and stuff like that as well. Just some people that go, that was stressful. Great. Touring. Right. Can you imagine? Can you imagine, right, the stress of being. We've, we haven't. You've had it. You've had it. I haven't. Been a stressful band. But being in a stressful band where you don't get to get the bus or car home that day. Yeah. But if you're stuck over in Tokyo yeah. or something like that, in a place you don't know, if you can't even contact, for some reason you contact your family, imagine the absolute stress of all that shit. Yeah. We don't really talk about, we talked, we touched upon it, about how, like, I hear a lot of people going, especially people at, stupid cunts, stupid cunts, I'm going to say, <laughs> why don't you just bleed and do a gig and play all the old yeah. songs be deadly? Because you don't know. You don't know what's going on. We talk about people that won't talk to their own brother, yeah. saying this shit kind of thing, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. It's just, I, I've said this a thousand times, like, the bands I were in were middling at best, but like we went out and done stuff. But it, it was, does <laughs> at the level I was doing it at, which is like maybe upper lower level. You know what I mean? Like, it was at a level where I own one of your CDs, girl. Yeah. When you wouldn't even download no, one of my albums no, for free. I don't have a computer. Um, <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> um, this is a rental. <laughs> um, I borrowed this off you that you make your music on uh, that's why it's so slow that's why it's shy <laughs> um, I always said that whatever little beefs we had in the band were always multiplied because you couldn't get away from each other that's massive yeah so uh, I used to say like I'd 
I'd wake up in the morning in a bed next to Skinny. Like, and then I'd eat some breakfast beside Skinny. And then I'd get in a van and sit beside Skinny. And this could be a thing where <laughs> the way they swallow would make you want to oh, strangle them. I don't them. understand. And it doesn't, it's so stupid. Like, it's just, just the way they swallow yeah. would make it go oh, fucking yeah. kill him. Some country just uh, does them like glocks, you know, when they're sleeping. Yeah. <laughs> Punch. I'll kill you. I'll fucking kill you. After two nights of that, I'm going to rip that fuck. Whatever's making that noise, I'm ripping that out of you. And then you amplify that to people who are actually dickheads. Yeah. You can be in a band with a dickhead, yeah. but if you can go home that day. Yeah, but, but just what happens is if there's one dickhead in the band. I'm not fans, saying Skinny's a dickhead. Skinny's no. lovely. Skinny's <laughs> lovely. If there is, if there is like a, someone who is a pain in the bollocks in the band, the band come, to, come together to kind of create a shell around around that person to lessen their effects on the rest of the band so but I, I, you just can't get away from them you know what I mean it, every day is exactly the same Yeah, it, it doesn't matter you could be in like you're in fucking Michigan one day you're in Illinois the next day you're in New York the next day it doesn't matter it's ground, Groundhog Day Yeah, you just you're in a van for 10 hours driving across some fucking hellhole and, and not just that and they're you're, there you're dealing with other proper promoter yeah. sound engineer dickheads yeah yeah as well as that, you get, somewhere. Just, get that. Yeah. Like, I had a pit bull set, set at me one day. Like, I just got to the venue and walked in, like, here, we're here to play. And a dog fucking jumped out of nowhere and went for me. And I, like, just mad shit will happen to you. And now I'm, I laugh at Did you inject him with Jack Russell blood? I should have, yeah, just stabbed him with some fucking Jacker blood. Have some of this, you cunt. But, um, <laughs> the, the, there's no escape. So if you throw in actual problems, real actual yeah. substance problems. Now, it got to the point where I think on our, like, toured. US tour I went to the doctor here in Ireland and I, I just lied to him I was like listen I hate flying and uh, I'm real anxious all the time and he gave me a massive jar of Valium 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 best crack I ever had oh I'd say so best crack I ever had we used to call them hemp lampers right I don't know why call the hemp lampers the hemp lampers <laughs> and if you had to drive for fucking like 8 hours pop an old hemp lamper into oh, you oh I thought you were right? about to say if you have to drive don't take one no 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 it's someone else's driving you're just in the back Grams. looking at the white lines oh god That's yeah it, right for like 8 hours Stopping every two hours for a piss and to eat some garbage in a fucking in a truck stop or something. You and know you're right? a vegetarian then as well, yeah, weren't you? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So we popping these fucking values to people, beat the band. We're both vegetarian. Yeah. Never told, never told the podcast people that. I don't, I don't even like the word vegetarian. I don't like it. We just don't eat meat. We just don't eat meat. Okay, this, this, Which even sounds wankier than vegetarian. Oh, sometimes. it's worse. We're going to open up for some slaggings there. So walk away. <sighs> so people are start mailing ham sandwiches and. Uh, <laughs> just, yeah. not, just don't, just don't add the band ham sandwich to our playlist. <laughs> yeah, and please, I'm happy enough. Please God. Um, yeah, so we can only imagine what that, like in a proper band that people actually want to see, <laughs> like, and like being paid by record labels to do stuff and then throw some actual substance abuse and addictions into the mix. Like, the, when we came back from a tour, we'd be away for a month and I couldn't, I couldn't even look at them lads. I couldn't, don't Ooh. ring me, don't fucking, don't knock up to my house, just uh, don't look at me now. I need the same amount of time on my own. I love you all, but don't come near me. So I can only imagine if you're down six months around the world. You know what I mean? Yeah. But some dude who, when he gets into a new city, is like, I need coke, I need heroin, I need fucking gargle, or whatever. And the gargler is like, fucking fuck all y'all, I'm just going to the fucking bar. Yeah. Right? So his addiction is catered to, it's socially acceptable. Yeah, you know yeah. I mean? you're, you're, you've got a good point there. So he just rocks up down to the hotel bar, fucking give me six whiskeys and a pint. You know what I mean? Well, fucking Johnny Bleeding, golden brown texture like sun is fucking <laughs> out soaking dick down the lane to try and get some fucking squidge. And Cokehead is starting on women. Yeah, Cokehead's <laughs> running around fucking opening pores, digging. You know what I mean? So then throw the pressure of having to perform to a high level every night. 
which I never had. <laughs> um, throw that pressure into the mix and uh, get up the next morning and do the exact same thing in a whole new country or a whole new city. Well, so, it's, di- it's different for me because I am the most temperamental arsehole, I think, in a band you could ever possibly meet. I left the band one time because a guy turned my speaker a little bit away from his ear. There you go. I left the band. No. I'm <laughs> not good enough for you. See you later. <laughs> to be fair to him, <coughs> I had my keyboard on such a high piercing setting. That was probably ruining his ear. Probably, yeah. But he turned it against the wall. He and I still lit- hears you. In the middle of it, just stopped playing with, yeah, lads, fuck off. See you later. Yeah, no. No, they were like, well, that's how I'm gone. So gone. It was, it was going to happen sooner or later. <laughs> so that's why now I write the bass, drums, lead, synth, yeah. everything, uh, mix it, master it badly, put it up online myself and design all the artwork. Yeah. It just seemed to be not just... I'm not a control freak I'm just not great at working with other people yeah that's absolutely fair absolutely fair I can work with people loads of other things like this is fine me and you working yeah. together is fine I will never really have creative differences over this no it's just great and if we do it'll be funny and I'll win it's content I'll turn the microphone away from you <laughs> exactly just, just, just <laughs> <laughs> that's a good way to burn a lot of the uh, holes I had in the Husker Do uh, research yeah super who's your next one uh, White Zombie Oh, they, yeah, they absolutely will never get back together. Uh, th- to be honest with you, here's the thing. When I was doing the research on it... Oh, hang on, yeah. Well, oh, the, I was quick, said that too quickly. Kind of. You're right. You're, you're probably right. Um, they just broke up because they didn't think they could make good music together anymore. There's no... Didn't seem to be any big blowouts. No, was. Was. Like, fucking... Now, apparently, what happened was they'd been offered reunions a hundred times. And Rob is always the one who says no. And he's also the one who's came out and said, listen, I don't want the fucking... Just because it's not public knowledge doesn't mean I'm going to make a public knowledge. I have my reasons. I do not want to do this. Yeah. I'm, I'm fucking... I'm done. And what a fucking delicious position he's in as the least talented member of that band. Yep. But also, he took fucking people from the band onto a solo project with him. Did he take the guitarist? Yeah, Jay. He's so fucking good. He took him with him. I think not he, Sean Yusult, though. No. Yusult, Yusult, Yasult or something. I don't know. Um, didn't take that. Um, didn't take her. Um, took Jay the guitarist. I think we had the drummer for a while on the first solo album. But to be fair, like there's not there's not a massive jump in not not saying quality, but there is though. <laughs> sonically, like, his big singles. No. You know what? No, I know what you're saying. It sold just it sold better. Yeah. But to me, the quality dropped massively. Well, Here's the problem. No, not massive. With me. But like, big enough. That band started in 1980 fucking five. Yeah, right? Jesus. So that band are not, like, they weren't what we think of as White Zombie. Before they were the fucking, uh, fucking Sex or Sisto fucking cowboy hat zombies, right? Before all that. <laughs> so burnt hair. Um, yeah. b- before all that, they were just kind of an, again, another noisy art rock band. Right. We're hippie looking artwork, but not because they're 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 basically all Russ Meyer fucking uh, samples and and shit like that. Yeah, but it's so fucking good. Yeah, but it's a different type of band than what they ended up becoming. So when Rob done his solo stuff, the the the, the singles and the big songs, they all kind of fit in with that. His big singles are great. Yeah, they are super, but they they fit in with that white zombie feel, which is enough. Absolutely, to get, like carry y- over. Y- y- there's only a certain amount of people that would care. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, and because he was like, he went straight from doing white zombie big gigs to just Rob Zombie at festivals. Yeah, so it didn't matter to a lot of people. Yep. And when you have a song 
uh, you see he hit that Dragula on the Matrix soundtrack yeah. forget about it yeah Dragula on the Matrix soundtrack was him, people not caring about White Zombie anymore except people who loved White Zombie yeah now at the time I'm not going to lie to you I was 50-50 on both of them mm. but over the course of the years I won't really listen to Rob Zombie anymore mm. but I will absolutely listen to White Zombie because it is the more you listen to it you're more like oh that's fucking it's super yeah, it's, so it's very good. very good but uh, apparently there was talk of a reunion in 2016 uh, Rob shut it down but apparently because it was there was there was some uh, member changes over the years bits and bobs and they were trying to figure out they got a couple of ex-members together that were saying that we could do this album maybe but we couldn't go near the album after because we had a different uh, guitarist or a different drummer or whatever yeah. the fuck you know what I mean so get them all together they're probably fucking sitting on the hole probably yeah collecting zero royalties probably well yeah you know him yeah. <laughs> exactly and as well as that you got you're probably a bit about to talk about it but the movies as well yeah is a massive mm. thing I follow Sean Yusult on uh, Instagram and every now and then you'll see a, a lot of white zombie stuff shared but you'll hear you'll hear a little bit of bitterness every now oh, and then yeah, about the recording of the last album in particular apparently he was a fucking cunt yeah an absolute cunt I believe so it you get that now in saying that would she say not would any of them say no to a reunion <laughs> he's the, apparently he's the only one saying 100% no the rest it's of them are halfway open and it's a common thread in this podcast yep. in this episode sorry yep. um, that the lead singer doesn't need it and I swear to God, I genuinely think he's the least talented member of that band. Yeah, yeah, he just has a voice. He has, the, yeah, I do like his voice. A yeah, lot. he has a voice, and he has the look. He nailed the look. Realistically, yeah. he's got the fucking look, you know. But like you said, with those movies, he doesn't need to do jack shit anymore. He's he's happy enough. Uh, what's your next one? My next one is. This is a weird one because there's two incarnations of this band that have both broken up. Okay. Genesis. Okay. Yeah. So I thought this might be a good one to do. Um, Genesis the, the one I want to concentrate on is uh, the original Genesis mm. with Peter Gabriel that's mm. never ever no. ever 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 gonna happen all the evers minus two of those evers because you never know yeah. you never ever know um, do I think the Phil Collins I didn't realise this right Gabriel left in 75 and went on to have a career that for me blows the fucking shit out of Genesis yeah. and so, I love Peter Gabriel so much his uh, song at the very end of Mindhunter season two, mm. is one of my favorite songs of all time. And to hear it gave me mixed emotions because you know when you hear a, so- a kind of buried, non-single song mm. from a seventies album, the song is Intruder. Mm. The song I picked isn't Intruder. The song is a uh, you picked that uh, Flying a Windshield. Flying a Windshield from um, Lamb Lies Down on Broadway, Peter Gabriel's last uh, Genesis song. Mm. When that when that song kicked in, Intruder. I can't really spoil I'm not going to spoil um, Mindhunter season 2 it's, it doesn't spoil it that song is in it and I heard it I, got these mi- I get these mixed emotions especially with Stranger Things where they play a rare song I love yeah, but yeah. then all of a sudden it's not really mine anymore yeah. it's on that show Yeah, it's out there people go oh did you hear that song on that show I'm like yeah that- fuck you let, let it be half dead but just me and let it be half dead yeah, yeah and I know that's a bit fucking stupid way to do it so he left in 75 went on to have an absolute career that I absolutely love Uh they tried out 400 singers. Fuck. 400 singers before Phil Collins stepped in. Just said, let me do it. Let me do it. Now, Phil Collins has the same thing as so many bands, and I'll use Depeche Mode as an example. Mm. Martin Gore sings very like David Garn. Mm. Because if you're, a back, if you're doing backing vocals for your whole life, your voice will morph to that person's voice. Oh, yeah, yeah. So Peter Gabriel, or Phil Collins... Doesn't sound a million miles away from Peter Gabriel. He's doing a, a Gabriel impression almost. It's just the, the way he yeah. learned to sing yeah. along with him. And yeah. I swear to God, if you think about the the high the high kind of pitched uh, 
kind of tone that he has it's not I genuinely listen to listen to the two of them together they're not a million miles away the same yeah. as way Martin Gore songs that like I said I think that's just just what happens when you sing along with someone for absolute years he stepped up obviously then they went to this pop band yeah I mean there's no real you're talking about your man from uh, the other guy that's formed Mike and the Mechanics that's where they were thinking and you can tell that that's clearly why the band broke up yeah a, a kind of newer example of that would be at the drive-in mm. they broke up into Sparta and Mars Volta yeah so Gabriel went Mars Volta and Genesis went Sparta yeah. even though that's not a great example because Sparta <laughs> are fucking great and yeah. Genesis went a bit well, except for a few songs that were great I, um, st- I still count Land of Confusion as one of my top songs I, uh, Land of Confusion was a song I had on this I, before uh, it's it's ridiculously yeah, good yeah. it's so good and to be fair to Genesis they had a few absolute bangers yeah. like Mama they had some incredible fucking songs mm. with, with, I'm not I'm not slating them but they also had I Can't Dance and to imagine Peter Gabriel singing that mm, even though that if you think about it right Gabriel also went fucking quite poppy with Sledgehammer yeah. but yeah. it's so arty and yeah. different and weird enough <laughs> weird enough to and Steam as well Steam was mm. the Sledgehammer often the, the album afterwards which I actually think is Bret and Sledgehammer. Mm. So Phil Collins, I didn't realise this, Phil Collins left Genesis in 96 and they continued on for two years without him. Really? With another singer. Will, I read something. Wilson or Ken, Kenneth something. Whoa, it's going to wreck Kevin me. Bloody Wilson. F. God, imagine liking him. <laughs> and, oh God, imagine going to... Doesn't matter, I'm not going to worry. Let's not go. Down that rabbit hole. So obviously Genesis was not... <laughs> trying, to do, trying to do Genesis without... Uh, Phil Collins and Peter Gray was a little bit ambitious so yeah. go on do your Mike and the Mechanics thing your grant um, they reunited obviously without Gabriel in 2006 because mm. in 2006 Gabriel was still killing it yeah. just killing it he'll always kill it he's got that world music vibe where people around the world he, he tapped into that and once you get into that world music thing yeah. you are set to play anywhere and sell any kind of music mm. that's not to degrade his music I think it's fantastic but he opened up his mind to all oh, that's great they got back together for a one year tour I quit again because you have to remember that Phil Collins was bigger than all of them. Yeah, Phil Collins is bigger than Genesis and Peter Gabriel. I wouldn't say possibly put together, but definitely bigger than both of them. Yeah. So Phil Collins didn't really need to do even that reunion tour, and Phil Collins gets a huge amount of stick. Like uh, ridiculous. It's it's. it's uh, I really don't get it. I get it in some ways, but like he gets it's the he gets era. simply red kind of stick. Yeah, yeah, big time. It's the era that he was. At his most popular, he was surrounded like the people that he was being talked about with would have been stuff like Simply Red. Exactly. And, that and I, I think that was unfair because it's not like Susudio and like No Jacket Required and all that. Those albums are infinitely better than anything that, that horrible phase of 90s English yes. stuff came out with. And I think it's unfair, but you're, like, you're right to the point where he said, I'm quitting. I don't think people want to hear me anymore hmm. and that's a real fucking sad thing yep. to hear. and I'm not massive fucking he's doing fan. a final tour at the moment isn't he his last one that's right Yeah, and he he's is. re-released a couple of uh, albums as well he's redone the covers with his current face instead of his old face that's and, right. and the reissues yeah. uh, I don't like when people do that it's interesting <laughs> it's a sneeze it, so sneezy so sneezy is that our first sneeze on the podcast I don't know probably enjoy that folks enjoy that we won't cut that out you didn't have to feel that like Garrett got that over, he got all over his face <laughs> <laughs> like the predator yeah you're not going to see uh, you're not going to see do you know what you might see one of the members dies we've talked about this yes this odd thing can happen when a member dies memorial fucking gig exactly they yeah. do the thing they're bound to happen 
Pierre Gabriel is still making music, still making albums. They're still going to sell absolute mad quantities around the world because yeah. he has tapped into this. And he only went on Spotify recently. He's one of those fuckers that have been on Spotify for a long time. Fair notes. Should we talk about Spotify sometime? No. No, good. Right. Here's your next one. My next one is, I had to do, I had to do Oasis. Now. Yeah, fair enough. I'll be honest with you. I didn't, not that I didn't want to do Oasis. I, whenever we're building these playlists, I will often, I'll grab the notepad. Well, you're free to do whatever you, whatever you want. If it's wrong or right, it's all right. (laughs) Yeah. And, Jesus Christ. Oh, I could have done better. But off the cuff, that wasn't bad. (laughs) (laughs) I can't. So quick. I generally tend to write down a load of bands that initially come into my mind. So when we're doing like broken up stuff, all the big bands kind of jump straight into my head. And uh, I wrote the I wrote Oasis down. I, I was like, that's too fucking obvious. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. Yeah. Until, until I read... No, that's what I'm saying. There's good meeting it. Until I read why they broke up. There's good meeting it. Oh, listen, there's, there's so much me in this Oasis sandwich that <laughs> I had to ignore most of it. And I've just done the beginning of the end and the end of the end. Yeah. I'm not going to touch off anything in I'll between. Not touch on all the interviews where they literally enjoyed shitting on each other. Yeah, I'm not yeah. going anywhere. I'm going to touch off the start of it and then I'm going to do the end of it, right? So, what song did you pick? Little bit, uh, Acquiesce is what I picked. Possibly right. my favourite. No, my second favourite Oasis song. Yeah. I was going to put Master Plan ne- on there because it's a killer song yeah. as well, but Acquiesce is a, is a beast. Acquiesce is a phenomenal um, song. So they formed in 1991 and they broke up in 2009. All right. So, first album comes out in 1994. Uh, again, it's another fucking creation records. Uh, Alan McGee. I'm sorry, but I fucking love it. It's I a, love it. It's a great album. It's a great album. I love the first album. Um, I like the, the first and the second album. I love the second album even um, more. But I didn't like them when they when they were originally out. I no. didn't like any of those bands. To be pretty, uh, Shed, I you like Shed Seven. I like Shed Seven. I like Supergrass, and Supergrass even be a little bit later than yeah. that. But um, they not gonna be, lie to you. I never liked Blur, and I still don't. <laughs> I love loads of Blur, but I hate most of it. <laughs> Let's put it that way. There's Blur songs that are fucking outrageous. Um, I never bought into the Oasis versus Blur. They're very, very different. They, they did actually. Blur didn't. Blur didn't. No, you for real. Oasis loved it. Because <sighs> they love aggro. Yeah, they're just aggro heads. They, they love saying shit about other bands. It's bullshit. I feel bad that they bought into that because the media went. Ooh, started. They could have just went. And they're basically ours as well. They're basically Irish. That's just horrible. They're the Gallagher's, yeah. Well, they don't talk to that. They don't talk to the one that is ours. That is ours, yeah. Um. Anyway, so here's the beginning of the end. Right, it's beautiful. So it's a gig in oh, fuck 2009. I think it's 2009. It gets cancelled. <laughs> it gets cancelled because Liam has laryngitis. Right. Liam has laryngitis. Of the nose. Of the, well, apparently he did actually have laryngitis, but anyway. So a statement goes out, Oasis can't play tonight. Um, I don't know where the fuck it was, Rotterdam or something. And uh, Oasis can't perform tonight. Liam is suffering from built laryngitis. You know, we hope to reschedule this event, blah, 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 blah. Noel, being a fucking prick as well, he goes out and does like an interview or something with NME saying like, oh, laryngitis? No, we just hung over. Right? This causes... Fucking mayhem, oh. right? Mayhem. That is that a good idea? Now they've been infighting and bickering for years. This was after, actually, just before you mentioned. I know you didn't want to touch on the middle of it, but this was after Liam used that. Say <laughs> meningitis. <laughs> after that laryngitis thing, do you remember the acoustic MTV unplugged? Was it MTV unplugged? Mm. Where Liam goes, I can't do it. 
but then he turned up and sat up in the balcony slagging yeah. him yeah. while he was singing that's right I remember that yeah, oh. yeah. yeah this is meaty as it's, fuck it's, the juice in this band is, the story is better than the band I think even though I do like the band yeah but so Noel gives an interview with like a, a magazine or a newspaper whatever the fuck says uh, no he's just mad hungover and he didn't want to do it um, so Liam loses his marbles and sues his brother right sues him I fucking sue you yeah so he properly proper goes and gets a solicitor and sues his own brother and says if you don't redact that statement I'm going to sue the bollocks out of you so Noel the next day gives him an interview I was only messing he does actually have laryngitis right that's the beginning of it right goes on (laughs) there's a full year of them fucking hating each other battering as well apparently killing each other full on battering each other killing each other you know why Oasis this is where it gets it's the best why Oasis broke up was it a story about an instrument the instrument is only it's only a tiny part of it (laughs) right they're backstage before the gig this is fucking outrageous backstage at gig I have this written down here it's fucking so good backstage of the gig and they start roaring at each other some random sibling kind of fight right and Liam reaches over into a fruit bowl and picks up a plum and just latches it square at Noel and bursts it in his face right Noel starts screaming Liam picks up and he keeps the guitar and starts swinging around like a samurai sword right Noel says plum juice all over his face turns around fuck this just walks out grabs the first journalist fucking I'm out Oasis I done gives a statement then a couple of days later what's that shit on your face literally plum juice, Oasis mate. broke up because Liam threw a fucking plum at Noel and that was the end of it Noel could take no more I thought that I thought that Liam broke a guitar that Johnny Marr had given Noel like smashed it there up. was after the plume Liam picked up some picked up a guitar and fucking started swinging around I don't know whether it was the heel stick that could have been that could have happened a day before two days before could happen right there and then I'm not sure but I just I need to concentrate on the plume right now because it's so yeah, it's I'm fucking loving it <laughs> but it's just of all the fruit like not an apple an apple would burst you like you would an apple oh, break your nose bad. Yeah, I'd rather get slapped an orange than an apple yeah. a little bit of giving it yeah. but a plum especially a ripe plum that's going to splatter on you it's going to sting and it's going to splatter you know what I mean? Less pain, more embarrassment. Yeah, exactly. A juicy little fucker. You got a broken nose, be like, oh. oh exactly. Shit, just happens. Exactly. But a plum. <laughs> a fucking plum. And Noel had enough. He's like, he's fucked the plum at me. Probably rang his ma. <laughs> ma. <laughs> Our kids throwing a fucking plum at me. Ah, uh, Liam, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that was it. That was the end of it. And to this day, even like two, three weeks ago, they're still at it. Because your man uh, Noel was giving out about uh, was it uh, Lewis Capaldi or whatever. That was him. you know what that was a misstep on his part. Oh yeah, he fucked up. He gave him he more, more more juice. Um, Lewis Capaldi's already like his music is terribly grim, and I'm not. Into I don't it. know anything about it. But for some reason, Lewis Capaldi is a comedy genius, born comedy genius. Like he could give up. He wouldn't if if well, basically he's set now. When he could that, just make YouTube videos for the rest of his life. And it's like, it's quality, it's Limmy, it's up there with Limmy, yeah. Scottish Genius. comedian Limmy, yeah. absolute Genius. surreal he's madness. forever putting content out that's not songs, that's more, po- he's more popular for his bullshit it's than his songs. so weird that yeah. he go to, goes out, even, he, he dressed up as Noel 
and strode out on stage in the yeah. actual thing after taking pictures with Liam, which was fucking hilarious. Yeah. And then Liam got behind him. Yeah. And started start saying, like, fucking, that's fucking, it's my brother's fault. He shouldn't be a prick. You see, so, he, f- he fucked up by slagging him, right? <laughs> you see, the problem is, it's like slagging. The world knew how funny by then. Oh, they knew, Because yeah. I don't, I've watched a million Lewis Capaldi videos and listened to one song. That's all I need to know about Lewis Capaldi. That it's this miserable fucking, he's got a fucking phenomenal voice. He's also uh, Peter Capaldi's nephew. Oh, really? Doctor Who. Yeah. But I remember the moment when Noel Gallagher was a little bit too old for the interview. Yeah. And he, Noel's like everyone, and I appreciate that about him. He likes, you know, if it's shit, call Give it shit. Brief, yeah. But everyone kind of went, oh, you know what, man, whatever about his music, he's funny cunt. Now Noel went, oh, I'm going to fucking shit. Yeah, you yeah, fucking yeah. prick. Like, now Lewis Capaldi instantly that night put up, I think, about 40 Snapchat videos. Yeah. Of him enjoying and making a com- pure great comedy. Yeah. It's so funny. Brilliant. Jesus Christ. Yeah, torn it all around. So apparently this year, uh, Liam is making a documentary about uh, everything he's done since he left Oasis. His, on a side note, Liam's last album, he got a different guy in to write with him. Yeah. Which is what he needs. And it was a good album. Yeah, I didn't hear it. Yeah. Um, he's making a documentary about uh, life on the road and all this little projects and blah 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 but apparently he was uh, hit with an injunction by Noel saying that uh, if he shows any footage of Oasis songs even him even Liam singing Oasis songs he'd be sued into oblivion because apparently Noel owns most of the rights to all the songs well Liam does he, Liam play them he obviously does does he I don't know Ooh, I've no idea. I don't know if no writer songs. credits you can't touch that shit I'm pretty sure it's all Noel all Noel I'm yeah, pretty it sure be. it will be so I don't know if he does any Oasis songs remember that picture a few years ago with Liam Gallagher picking up a guitar and starting to play like oh yeah <laughs> leave, leave that put your hands behind your back and let go <laughs> no but it was all like Ooh, what can happen here because yeah. he knit now that's bullshit because there was one, I think there was one one song he wrote on an Oasis album yeah uh, that's right I think it was uh, about his son something like that yeah it's not good uh, yeah of course it's not no. um, anyway that's Oasis what's your next one sticking with the time and the place and members who know and are friends the Verve hmm the Verve have broken up three times. Mm. The reason I picked them is this is for me the last time. Yeah. Although it might not be, you don't know. The Verve have had just such a fucking rocky road. They broke up after every album and seemed to come back stronger mm. almost every time. So they broke up after a, Nor- a Northern Soul. A Northern Soul mm. is a name of an album referencing Noel Gallagher. Okay. Because Noel Gallagher wrote a song called Cast No Shadow, which is. Mm about Richard Ashcroft which is such a fucking great yeah. song that's about him uh, leaving the Verve for oh, the right. first time apparently like that so. when he walks away he casts on shadow no? yeah so that's really handy that those we didn't even plan that nope we should plan that more actually serendipity so the main problems between the Verve are Richard Ashcroft and Nick McCabe who is a fantastic songwriter and guitarist mm. but uh, drugs drink all them all the them drugs, drugs drink they they didn't work. <laughs> they did not work. What do you think of Urban Hymns? I haven't heard it since I was young. I absolutely love it. I, I absolutely. I remember I listened to it a lot when it came out. I absolutely love it. So they they got back. To, he 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 tried to. I think they tried to do some stuff without Nick McCabe when he left. After he left, and the Verve tried to go on. Richard Ashcroft goes, "Fuck it, this doesn't feel like the band. I'm mm. gonna ring him up. Maybe things will be okay. <laughs> Sometimes you just need a bit of a break." Yeah. Rang them up, they released the seminal album, Morbin Hymns. It's yeah. absolutely incredible. It's fantastic. It's the best work they will ever do. Yeah. Um, the song I picked is Weeping Willow after. It's my favourite song ever. 
That's 97. Broke up again. Uh, almost instantly. 1997 and a half. And a half. And a yeah. bit. <laughs> and, and a gig. Yeah. 1997 and a gig. Yeah. Broke up again. They tried again in 2007. So that's 10 years. And again, it was Nick McCabe and the other guy Jones that were having a proper fight and mm. thing. So now as it stands now, they did release an album in 2007 again. Uh, I think it's called Fort. I think it's actually their fourth album, but mm. it's called uh, F.O.R.T. Fucking want to be, wouldn't it? <laughs> I haven't really given that album any time because, no. you know when a band is in the paper more about that shit than they are about things, I just kind of tap out. About being weird looking. I also Richard admit, Ashcroft was mad looking. He's mad weird looking. Yeah. There's another lawsuit for you. Them, the Rolling Stones. Yeah. They got that back. They got it back because it was timed, wasn't it? Yeah, something like that, yeah. They couldn't yeah. earn anything off it for a certain period. I think it was 20, 20 years, years yeah. on the button, maybe. And then all of a sudden. Yeah. And I think that they might have planned it well for the re release of the album. Fuck yeah. Clever. Of course you do. Because that album is still. That, for some reason, Urban Hymns is 40 quid. Really? That's a double LP, but so are loads of them. It's, it's an expensive album. It's a fantastic album. It really is. It genuinely is. It's, I don't really consider the Verve Brit pop or indie, even though they are in there deep. Does They're it? one of the top members yeah. of it. But to me, see, they started off as a kind of psychedelic kind of fucking trippy kind of band mm. before Northern Soul, which is a, a much more like... like they definitely did have a soul influence. I know we're calling the albums not at all, but it was definitely a soul influence there. The way the way the songs were written and put together was it, there wasn't any big like jangly stompers, was there? There's a song called uh, "This Time" off it as well, and uh, "Time" I think is, is it, this time. Yeah, Did I say that. And there's another one as well. So I can't. It's years since I listened to this album. There's two huge songs off it that yeah. are different. Anything they're more rock, like, yeah, more <laughs> like along the lines of the kind of a harder charlatans mm. and stuff like that. Charlotte's another weird fucking band yeah. from that era as well. Yeah. They they start so well, but then not for me. Not, not for, for me. me. After that, not for me. When people are fucking around with psychedelic um stuff with organs and stuff, mm. I'm mad into it. And I know that their organ player does, so I'm not gonna fucking give them loads of shit for not being very organy after that. Back to the Verve. They haven't spoken uh, they haven't spoken in two years now. McCabe and Ashcroft and I think that is the nail in the head because Richard Ashcroft has always done well like we said again the common thread is the lead singer is going to do always fine he gets on Kelvin Brothers songs and it's a well, really the, really good the face song. of it like, you know what I mean yeah they're the voice as well you can put there's some people that don't care what's happening behind that voice mm. and the lyrics that's mm. fair enough especially if you're talking about like talking heads like we did do you care a lot of bands like like, did you go back and listen to Take That when Robbie Williams left? Or did you just go straight to Robbie Williams? <laughs> yeah. Speaking of Oasis and Robbie Williams, yeah. do you remember they were mates for a minute? Yeah. And all of a sudden... More that, wasn't it? The only problem was no one ever asked Oasis about it. They were hanging out together at mm. all the festivals. They were bestos. Like, best mates. Doing all the coke. Oh, yeah. But the problem is someone once, just one time went, what's the crack with you hanging out with Robbie Williams? And they went, the fat dancer from Take That? He's not my mate. Oh, second. <laughs> Second, oh. I was trapped on a bus in the Czech Republic for ten hours once, and the only album I had on my portable CD player was uh, the Robbie Williams debut album. Oh, I fucked up, oh. and I forgot to take my little wallet of CDs, and the only one in the CD player was the Robbie Williams album. Well, oh, you used to listen to a bit of Robbie Williams. This is gonna sound so weird. We're talking about someone in the last episode who mentioned Slint. Mm. <laughs> it was kind of weird because you had your man from World Party writing from, and I liked World Party. Yeah. So I heard loads of World Party influences in his stuff. Mm. 
not angels because apparently that was written by some Irish lad. Irish fella, yeah. Yeah. met in a fucking coke den in Dublin. Yeah. yeah. But there was a time where Robbie Williams was touching enough on indie and being a bit of a cunt that made me go, oh, I'll have a listen. And I didn't really... No, it didn't really go very far. I, I, I have time just because of my fucking Stockholm syndrome with that. Uh, with that, that album. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't mind that album at all. And I can, no, I agree. I, I agree. could probably. And even singing when you're winning is not even the stupidest album cover of all time. I, but I could probably do that whole album now. It's just born into my yeah. brain. I could probably. Is Millen- Millen- Millennium on that? Yeah. Yeah. That's is not it? a bad song. Millennium, Millennium. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, yeah, I reckon I could do the whole album start to finish. Uh, if you just got me started on it. Yeah, the, the Verve were one of those bands that uh, always played second fiddle to like Oasis yeah. at that time. Even though they were out before, influenced Oasis yeah. massively. Yeah. Same with Charlotte's. But the Oasis were great because they, I think they massively, because when a band like Oasis comes out, the first thing that people that don't have them on the record label do is find mm. the closest, the influencers pull them clone, back. Yeah. Get me a So Charlotte's came back massively. Yeah. Big time. Ian Brown had a all, huge all hit. Bands, yeah. all, every indie band in England got leverage out of Oasis. Yeah, especially when Oasis were literally naming songs after yeah. Josh Croft and name checking Charlatans in every interview, name checking Stone, name checking Stone Roses. Ian Brown's uh, solo stuff is mm. fucking unreal. I don't care what anyone says. That illegal tax song is one of my favourite songs ever. Yeah, Schneider Connor song. We should do. We should do some sort of podcast on that. Uh, if you never, if you never liked the Verve, Bittersweet Symphony was overplayed and ruined. To death, it was to too much. Death, and I know that drugs don't work for some people is a shit, a, a poxy song. Right. But songs like Sonnet, Sonnet's a great song. It's fantastic, yeah. it's absolutely super. fantastic. Yeah. Uh, Catching a butterfly yeah. and uh, the song I picked, we- Weeping Willow, is my favorite mm. of that and their their whole career. The Verve are not getting back together. Uh, well, I put, put percentage on that. Yeah, give me give me the odds. I'm actually going to put 40 because if three times means it could be a 40. Yeah, yeah, and they're also alive. Yeah. You never know what happens with people with money. Rent in Hyde Park or wherever they live wherever. is fucking big. Yep. And Brexit happening. Oh, shit. People might need to be making... Actually, All this talk wouldn't of fucking co- Brexit. <laughs> Isn't, are they, what would it cost them more to play outside? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Nobody knows. That's the beauty of it. I gave up on Brexit after the first 10 years of reading about yeah. <laughs> I just, I can't, I, people are talking about like the things that are happening in the parliament now and I, just, I can't keep up. If it even happens. I'm like, see. I'm like, give me the, give me the end product story. Give me the Reader's Digest version of yeah. Brexit, yeah. And you, they, they can't because it keeps changing. Going on. So we've moved from very on to Brexit. That is our list of bands that are broken up. Uh, some of them definitely are never going to get back together. Yeah, we have one more. Oh, you do have one more. Yeah, the last one, and I'm going to blitz through it because we're running low on time. Uh, I picked The Clash. Uh, also, the one that has the, the, the most amount of writing. I'm going to fly through this. I was going to do Sepultura. I was feeling The Clash of a fleet. <laughs> they are still going? No, Sepultura. I picked Sepultura first. Yeah. <laughs> I, I saw them last year. They're definitely I, still going. And I scribbled it out then. I was like, hang on, they're not fucking broken up. I forgot all about that. Uh, I picked The Clash. Well, to be uh, fair, to be fair, you've picked an easy one because that's not going to happen. That's absolutely zero percent chance of that ever happening again. Uh, I picked a drug stab at the time off, give him enough, enough rope just because it's underplayed. I'm not going to pick a big stupid obvious song. Yeah, uh, I like the Clash. I do like them as well. Um, I have a lot of time for Clash. I have no time for their reggae endeavors. No, even though uh, their whole their whole kind of bag was mixing it was punk yeah. rock and with reggae. Reggae and was huge. Yeah. And it's we're, we're basically really. 
picking and choosing when we're taking reggae out of the clash. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Honest, so uh, the clash formed around 1976 and they broke up in 1986, I think. And uh, they spawned a bunch of bands, Big Audio Dynamite and uh, Joe Strummer and the Mas- Mescaleros. And, uh, everybody went on, doing their own fucking bullshit. So apparently uh, during the recording of Combat, Combat Rock, uh, they started to disintegrate. And uh, Topper Hedden, who uh, was playing drums at the time, he uh, was a junkie. He fucked off. Terry Chimes came in. Terry Chimes lasted fuck all time before he was like, these cunts are killing each other. He walked back out. Jones and Strummer had a big fucking row. Uh, Jones apparently was fired from the band in like 1983. Uh, so uh, it turns into this whole big clusterfuck where I think they, Strummer kept trying to get the band to kind of do stuff again, but they were all busy. And they didn't really, they weren't really feeling it. But apparently, a couple of months before Strummer died, him and Mick Jones were sitting down and uh, they were writing songs. Oh, and they were writing songs for another Clash album. Fuck. A couple of months beforehand. Now, apparently, it was under the guise of it being a new uh, Joe Strummer and the Mescaleros album. He wanted Jones to jump on board. But I think Jones came out and afterwards said, like, because of the style of song they were writing, they thought, fuck it, let's just bang an album together. Let's just put the posse together and yeah. and, and, and fuck it together. But yeah, apparently like six months before uh, he died, um, they were they were putting it together. But uh, John's busy with Big Body of Dynamo. He's doing pretty well. Um, yeah, it did. In, in, in the end. But uh, this, the Clash are easily one of the most influential bands of all time. They could be, in rock, they could be top five. Yeah. We're talking Black Sabbath, yeah. Clash, fucking... They just kick-started so much. It's ridiculous. So much. And when they were on form, they were fucking outrageous. I love so many they of their songs. Outrageous. Um, I don't want to go too deep into it because, like I said, we're low on time. Um, we're <laughs> very low on time. Uh, but I, I had to pick them. I want to pick something that's not a super obvious song. There's no point in doing. You know, should I stay or should I go? He's mad dead. He's not getting back together. That's a mad. He's, that's a mad. That's a mad one. Yeah. So that's a zero percent chance of them getting back together again. Um, if I had known, I could pick. People were the lead singer was dead. Yeah, <laughs> my see, list would be considerably yeah. different. Now, when they broke up before he died, obviously. No, okay, fair enough. Um, they, they were gone for years before he died. But uh, yeah, I, I, I had to try to clash in there. That's one of the big ones, and like the Oasis one is the big kind of current. It lives in everybody's memory. Um, but uh, Clash was such a big fucking deal for so many people. Um, not only were they an influential band, they were influential politically. They were like the Rage Against the Machine of their day. You yeah, know, they were yeah. very. Very outspoken, very political. Um, How very good is that Magnificent Seven song? Forget it. How good are nearly all their songs? Bar yeah, a good. handful. Of the reggae. You know? uh, <laughs> even their reggae. With his, with his voice on the reggae, I don't really mind it that much. Yeah, it was more dubbed than reggae, I suppose, as well. But anyway, uh, yeah, I had to do that. Right, let's kill that. Let's knock down the head. That was uh, Bands That Broke Up. Um, Chances of getting back together? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, uh, we will be back together uh, next week. To record more podcasts. Yeah. Um, before we go, I'm gonna say uh, we have a Patreon page. Uh, as we said to you last week, it costs money to do this shit. So uh, you can throw us a fiver. That's the only tier. We're not doing multiple tiers. You, you, you know, there's no handjob tier. It's just a f- five quid. It's five dollars. We'll look into the handjob tier, but well, yeah, you got enough. You got enough. We'll look after you. We'll find someone to look after you for five fifty. One of us will give you yeah. a hand shandy. Yeah, um, yeah it's there. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash Lost Art Podcast on one word. Links are on the Facebook, all that bullshit. Trolls of Fiverr. Trolls of Fiverr. Um, it's the cost of a crap point. Um, 
and it it goes a long way to our hosting and our advertisements. Yep. Uh, oh, we appreciate it. We really, we really actually it's do. Actually, will make a difference. It's not making a difference right now because there's fucking nothing in there. Stressful. <laughs> actually, absolutely stressful. But we have some absolutely incredible ideas. Um, oh yeah, for stuff that we want to throw into the. Uh, the subscriber, the the, the our, our Patreon page, so just cool shit, some little videos and stuff like that. Uh, but uh, what we're gonna do is once we hit a certain level with Patreon, then we'll start throwing content in there. There's no point in throwing it in there for the for the handful of people that are donating. Yeah, we do appreciate them doing. We, absolutely, that. you are the, the you're the spearhead of this, and uh, we appreciate it. Stick with us, and we'll start banging some nonsense up there to keep you entertained. But uh, until next week, thank you very much. Good night. <laughs>